What's up, everyone? You're tuned into the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I'm back. They called the bullpen. I'm here. Here comes the Southpaw. I'm going to pitch a couple innings. Finish out the season here with my man, Will Priester. I'm Justin Carlucci, by the way. Check me out on Twitter at the J Carlucci. Will, Chief Justice, man. We uh, we had fun in the bubble last year. Crazy end to the season. And now we're going we're gonna to wrap up the NBA together once again. It's a pleasure to record with you again, my man. How are you? Good, man. Uh, the, the Bubble Brothers are back. The band is back together again uh, for a reunion tour. And uh, it, it should be fun. In fact, I don't know, this, this may become a staple because it seems as if, you know, with the way COVID is set up, this is kind of going to be a norm for us with overlapping seasons. Now I know the NBA kind of basically restarted their season right away, I guess, to kind of get back on track. But uh, at any rate, we're always going to see some baseball and NBA overlap. So uh, definitely glad to come on a pod, hang out with you. Uh, You know, very, you know, very interesting little slate here. Not too big, not too small. Uh, If you're in the little red riding hood, this is going to be the just right porridge and uh, we'll, we'll kick it from there. For sure. And the beauty of recording this thing the night before is the games are wrapping up. So I get to see your instant reactions to things that are happening. And I got my notifications turned back on and James Harden just got hurt. So that kills me. That kills me. I'm probably done. Wow. I mean, Hey, little, little, little bit on uh, Wednesday night. I mean, what were your thoughts with, with your build and just kind of what you saw so far from all the action we saw Jeremy Grant get off to a roaring start his price finally dipped under to 7k on FanDuel he's almost in that oh crap he's way too cheap zone and I think he's over 40 plus now and yeah you know since Kyrie came back he's been on a mission and you you brought that up to me pre-show about how well Kyrie's been playing and you know it looks like if my notifications are correct Harden is uh is done for the night hamstring hammy injury chief uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, he was like 50% owned in most formats. Yeah, and, you know, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you about that. I was very disappointed in myself today in my uh, single entry approach uh, because, you know, I built this lineup and it ended up being the opto, and I hate that. I mean, I, I just hate it with a passion. Um, I do not – once again, I repeat, I do not participate – in running the opto it's just not my nature and the bill just came together so well and then you know I, I go and look at these contests and I start seeing some some people that I know are you know kind of cash cash game players and I said man this is terrible and I think I talked to you about that pre-show and you know maybe I could have gotten a little different I think you know the idea is and at one point I was kind of tinkering around with you know, possibly some form of a a Luca build or doing something different like that. Um, Trying to get away from Harden. At one point I had something with Giannis to try to get, you know, get a a lot different because I feel like Giannis isn't going to have any ownership tonight. And uh, yeah, man, ended up on the opto. Obviously I have Harden in there. And so that's going to be, that's going to be pretty rough. Uh, You know, I I got a feeling these, these opto lineups are going to start to fall unless, you know, uh, some of these other uh, guys like Roby and, and Kenrich Williams come through. But, hey, here nor there, uh, live to see another day. Absolutely. And it's a busy time here at Roto Grinders. MLB opening day. We are here. 
the Masters is in a week, and there's a golf tournament uh, also this week. You know, some some names of Jordan Spieth's playing, trying to get it tuned up. So check out rotogrinders.com. You got packages and uh, lineup projections and the best analysts in the industry. Whatever you need, Roto Grinders has it. This morning grind is just the tip of the iceberg of what RG has to offer. But, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to sound optimistic here because it's going to be a great week, but I had Harden in my single entry build too. And I faded Roby. I went with Porzingis because one thing I looked up, well, he had a great start. He, he's over 40 in the third against Boston. But, you know, Luca's been up and down lately, had a couple duds, wasn't feeling so good. The last couple games, Chief, Porzingis usage, he had a couple games over like 33, 34% usage. So, I mean, if they can get this guy going in the second half, I think they're like a third piece away from being like super scary, but would be nice to see Porzingis continue to play elite basketball. So that's something I'm keeping an eye on down the stretch. I'm bummed because right before lock, of course, I had Time Lord Robert Williams in my lineup, got that 658 Easter notification and he got ruled out. So I had to do a lot of late swapping myself. And I ended up, you know, Derek Rose was out too. I ended up on Elf Payton, who's dirt cheap on FanDuel. He's 0.7% owned in my GPP, 0.7% owned. And uh, just with this hardened news, I- I'm going to be bummed that uh, he's already uh, at six times value that I'm going to be wasting, you know, Elf at under 1% in a, in a smash game here. But, hey, that that's the way the cookie crumbles. Thursday, we have seven games. Nice manageable slate here. And uh, we'll, ju- we'll just dive into it, man. You know, Philly and Cleveland – we did get some Cavaliers injury news ahead of time. It's always nice when you get that 24-hour ahead news where you kind of know who's going to be on and off the court. Uh, Philly still going to be without Joel Embiid as far as I know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I got a bunch of windows pulled up here on my MacBook. But uh, just my initial thoughts here is uh, DK is uh, didn't jack up the price of Hartenstein, so he's 3700 with Larry Nance out, and they're also missing a couple other guys here. Let me pull this up. Uh, Jared Allen's out again. That's the big one. You know, Hartenstein is going to carve out another big role. He played 26 minutes against Utah, pulled down 14 boards, uh, seven assists, which is probably unsustainable. But the minutes in his debut are, are really good to see, you know, with a depleted front line there in Cleveland. Hartenstein's going to be chalked. And – uh, personally, for me, I, I'm not second-guessing this unless you know, there's some other news that gets me off of him. I, I'm probably going to end up blocking Hartenstein, and he's 3,700 on DK. Uh, that was my initial thought here. And Chief, you know, going back and looking uh, historically, you know, he played over 200 minutes, uh, you know, uh, sporadically with Denver. This is a point, a fantasy point-per-minute guy. So he's not just some guy that's going to go out there and maybe get lucky in 25 minutes. He's got a chance to crush in this game against Philly. What do you, what do you think about this matchup, Chief? Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think Hartenstein is in play. Um, on FanDuel, he's 4K, uh, which is still going to have him, you know, square, squarely in the conversation on this slate. Um, you know, I'm not expecting Cleveland to hang around in this game. I know Joel Embiid is not playing, but, you know, Cleveland is, for all intents and purposes, decimated at this point. And, uh, you know, they're just trying to hobble to the finish line. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, that, he's probably one of the only guys I want to play from Cleveland. I don't really have in- interest in too many of these French guys, especially on FanDuel where, you know, every, every point really counts. Uh, on, on any site, every point counts. But on FanDuel, in my opinion, especially. So uh, just Hartenstein at 4K. 
Uh, and, and in fact, he'll probably still get garbage run again. So that's kind of another another good thing where, you know, if if the game's not going quite how we want it to go, uh, he could very well come in, you know, in the fourth quarter and, and, and go from 15 fantasy points to 30 real quick. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, not a lot of interest outside of him in this game for me collectively either. Uh, I guess, I guess if you're looking for maybe a sub 5% play, Tobias Harris is, is probably well past that sticker shock point, 8,700 on DK. That's, that's a hefty price for Tobias Harris. May, I don't know, you know, historically, I don't know how to find out, but it may be one of the highest price tags he's probably ever been in recent memory. Um, so, you know, if, if you're playing GPP and you're looking for some kind of run back, uh, I don't think anybody's going to have Tobias Harris tomorrow with seven games and a lot of options here. And there's still a lot of other uh, cards to fall in terms of injury news. Um, we'll get to some of that later. There's some Pelicans news, you know, what's going on with Zion. And, and we will talk about that for sure. So uh, yeah. that's pretty much all I got from that game. You got any other notes, anything you want to talk about or, or should we move on? Uh, I mean, I will say this, man. Uh, Danny Green, someone I've been playing and everybody keeps laughing but look at 5,500. I'm also expecting this to be a blowout in the opposite direction in this game. So in the Utah game, he played 22 minutes, put up 23 fantasy points, but it was a blowout. So he really didn't play in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then this game, I'm expecting to be a blowout the other way. So it may not be that Danny Green is the right play today, but I, I'm telling as long as Embiid is out, Danny Green's in play. And I know everybody's like, well, he put up 17, 14, you know, 19. Look, but he's, he's since Joel Embiid is out, I've been tracking this. Out of the t- those 10 games, I think we're at 11 now. He's pretty much had about a 70% hit rate in terms of how often he's going over value. And, uh, you know, at his price, he's still got some meat on the bone. Just wanted to point him out. Uh, he is, like I said, he's 5,500 on FanDuel, so not as exciting in a spot where they're probably going to get loose a little bit on Cleveland. But still, you know, on a on a smaller slate, he could very well be a differentiator. Yeah, and I tell people who who talk to me about DFS and look for some tips, if you game log hunt, you're, you're going to lose money in the long term. A perfect example is, is Jeremy Grant. He, he's had some brutal games lately, some minutes weren't there, things like that. But what, did, what happened on Wednesday? He popped off. Monster game. He's going to end up with close to 50 FanDuel points probably. What was our favorite phrase we used last year? Go back to the well. Hey, we're going back to the well. Look, look, historically, you got to look and see what these guys do consistently, historically. You know, eight to ten games is not a massive sample size in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, I like the Danny Green call without Embiid. You know, those guys get bumps. I I mean, you can even make GBP considerations for a lot of those Philly guards. Uh, Shake Milton, we've seen, you know, have his games typically when Ben Simmons is out. But – there, there's you know some low owned guys in that game for sure because a lot of people don't really know what's going to happen and if you're you know MMEing or something like that, that there's a, a really good game where you can go over overweight on the field ownership on a lot of those players so uh, good points there I like the Danny Green call amazing that the Sixers made it through the trade deadline with all of the smoke and all of the rumors and and they basically kept the team intact just. Brought in George Hill, which was a, a nice veteran addition. Don't know uh, if he's going to play. It's a questionable tag on DK. I think he's still a little bit of ways, it looks like. So George Hill, not in the equation just yet for Philly. The other 7 o'clock game, 
Washington and Detroit. Detroit with the previous mentioned Jeremy Grant having a big game on a back-to-back, a team, another team that <laughs> we don't want to say anybody's tanking in 2021, but uh, look at that roster in Detroit. Not, not a lot going out there. A lot of injuries. You know, Dennis Smith didn't play Wednesday. Uh, Wade Ellington was out. Blake Griffin's gone, you know, finally. I know that's old news, but it's the first time I've talked about it on the show. And you got the Wizards, who, man, did they bring back OKC Russ Westbrook? I mean, the level of basketball he's been playing in the last 60 days compared to the beginning of the season. His minutes are in the high 30s. All of a sudden, he's, you know, that's not a concern, which was a concern for a really long time. And this is like old Russell Westbrook, Chief, and – it's just a tough game to peg. I mean, it's been pretty volatile, and I hate I hate labeling a game with blowout potential. But anytime Detroit takes the court this year, you know you, you kind of have to think about it. You know, thus being said, you got to consider Westbrook uh, and even Beal, who has a questionable tag um, on any slate that they're on. If Beal is out, that becomes really interesting because everybody loves going to Westbrook, rightfully so. He's 11K now, which is, which is like vintage Westbrook prime price. Uh, we're not yeah. used to that, that yet this year. I you know if Beal doesn't play, maybe the game stay, stays a little closer. So interesting game, a pace-up spot for the Pistons, who are just really vanilla and slow. So, uh, you know, this is the Detroit team without DeLon Wright anymore, too. And they got Diallo, my man Diallo. I, I, I like that for DFS purposes. Yeah, Diallo so. had a good, good game again tonight for, for, from a DFS perspective. Yeah, I'm sure he was minimally owned too. Talk to me about the Pistons yeah. and uh, the fighting Russell Westbrook. So, well, look, let's, let's, here's the deal: if this game, if Bradley Beal is out, you just do what we've been doing. You take Russell Westbrook, you click his name, he goes in your lineup, and you start from there. That's what you do. Uh, and then on the back side of that, um, you know, you're going to end up with more value uh, with these guys, Diddy FD, uh, you know. Uh, and with Rui, his price is coming up because with Beal out, he's been a stud. Uh, I don't care on FanDuel, he's 6K. I will still continue to play him if he's going to get close to 40 fantasy points uh, most games. And I know we're kind of talking about the game as a group, which is which is really exciting. Um, on, on the other side of that game, you know, I think you can go back to the well on Jeremy Grant, but you're going to get these guys, Sadiq Bey, Diallo, um, you know, the, these are going to be more guys that I think we want to get exposure to. Now, now Diallo is 5,800 on DK, on FanDuel. Guess what? He was 5,800 tonight, put up 35. I'll gladly accept that every day of the week at that price. So um, if, if Ellington and Magruder and a couple of these other guys sit again, like you got to look at Diallo Bay. I think they want to get these guys some run for sure. Uh, another minor but huge uh, little tidbit as well. With Daniel Gafford not playing, we were able to see Robin Lopez pick up 26 minutes. And then so it's kind of him and Alex Lynn that are kind of in this let's figure out who's going to play center today role. I cannot tell you who that guy is going to be because obviously we know they can play small and play Rui at the five and kind of run up and down the court. But Mason Plumlee is going to probably get 25 to 28 minutes. So one of these centers is going to be playing a little bit. I still think, you know, Alex Lynn probably has a little bit more upside than Robin Lopez, but quite frankly, it's a coin flip between the two. What what do you consider a quote unquote big usage bump when you, in terms of percentages, like how much 
till you kind of raise your eyebrow and you're like, okay, you, you take someone off the court and you see an increase. I mean, I think if someone gets a two to three percent bump, that that's pretty significant, in my opinion. I'm looking at the court IQ tool we have. You take Bradley Beal off the court this year. Westbrook's played over 500 minutes. He gets a 6.8% usage bump. Not surprised. That's just a massive number. Yeah. 38% usage. And, and Hachimura, like you said, ironically, same number here, 6.8% usage bump for Rui Hachimura. And he's basically a point per minute guy. Thing is, like you said, his price tag finally caught up to kind of what his production is. If Bradley Beal plays, I'm out on Hachimura most likely. Still got to consider Westbrook, though, regardless of yeah. his level of play. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure. It, Interesting stuff there. Um, yeah, Detroit just a mess. And one of the teams are going to have to constantly monitor their injury news and their beat writers every night. Uh, shout out yeah. to, to one of their beat guys. Rod Beard is great on Twitter. I don't know if you follow Rod Beard, but. Yeah, absolutely. Great, man. He, Rod Beard is like, you know, uh, Rick Bonnell for me down here in Charlotte with the Charlotte Observer. Like, you know, if you're if you're into your local teams, you need to be plugged into your local beat writer. I can see Rick Bonnell has been doing this a long time and Rob's kind of the same way, you know, really plugged in. So uh, one, one last thing that I, that I will mention is we're not going to have the Detroit uh, uh, injury report right now because they played tonight. Uh, but I got to think, man, they're not really that excited about playing some of these older guys. Um, so we'll just have to see how it goes. But just my initial read is if these guys are completely healthy, they're just going to say, ah, don't worry about it. We'll see you next week. I agree. I agree. Another guy who's not exciting, doesn't move the needle really, is Corey Joseph is the piston now. Played 24 minutes against Toronto, uh, 35 fantasy points. So interesting. Don't know what kind of run he had tonight. I don't have it in front of me, but, you know, there's a cheap guy who we're used to plugging in for value every now and then. Um, I guess, you know, we mentioned Harden in the beginning of the show. That news is extremely relevant, not because we're both sad right now, but because Brooklyn plays again on Thursday and they're home against against your Hornets, Rick Bonnell yes. and the Chiefs Hornets. So, you know, I, I I mean, I'm imagining that if I don't know the severity, I'm going to look up the beat writers while we're talking here. I'm sure some people will know by the morning. I don't know what's up with the hamstring. I want to find out more. But, I mean, God, Kyrie would probably be the chalk play if Harden doesn't go. Yeah, I, I think Kyrie would definitely be in play. But listen, when you're down Kyrie and Harden, now I'm thinking about past, you know, Kyrie, who is kind of this next man up? Is it Bruce Brown? You know, is, is it Joe Harris? Is it TLC? I mean, hey, is, is it Blake Griffin? Like, we, we, we don't know. Um, so I think, you know, that'll be something to monitor big time. Is it going to be Jeff Green? Like, we, I, I'm not sure, to be quite honest with you. In terms of the rotations, that, that, and that, that's really what I'm speaking to, what I will tell you is this. Charlotte is in the playoff hunt, and they will come out swinging in this game. Uh, you know, already down our, our God, man, our, our, our superstar in the making here, Mr. LaMelo Ball, I don't think he's going to play the rest of the season. Well, guess what? Scary Terry Rozier is uh, been, been bombs away, lighting it up. And I think he's going to be there. Devontae Graham at 5,600. In case you guys didn't know, I'm trying to cover for FanDuel pricing and Luke just covering DK pricing. But Devontae Graham is still under 6K at 5,600 in this spot against Brooklyn. Uh, he's going to be probably a staple of cash at GPP lineups. Uh, you know, you've got Gordon Hayward at 7K. Now, part of this is maybe they thought, I'm, I'm assuming they figured Harden would play, because obviously this pricing came out 
uh, right right when the other slate began. So it's not like it came out after the news. It came out well before the news. Uh, Gordon Hayward at 7K, listen, Gordon Hayward is just a guy I just kind of don't play uh, just because he's so, he's so sporadic. I always feel like I can get better value somewhere else. Um, so, you know, I, I probably will, in fact, be fading Gordon Hayward again, but I'm not trying to force you to do it. I'm just giving you my rationale. I've got a group of guys that I just don't play ever uh, at certain price points. So Gordon Hayward, he's over 7K uh, on FanDuel. I just don't play him. Aaron Gordon, over 6K on FanDuel. I just don't play him. Uh, you know, th- those are guys where I feel like I can always get better value because, I, you know, Gordon Hayward could easily go out here and score 28 fantasy points tomorrow. And uh, now you're looking at your screen, you know, with a very disappointing uh, countenance. And I, I just don't want to do that. So uh, not telling you not to play Gordon Hayward, just giving you my reason why I don't. And the P.J. Washington at 5,500 uh, only played 23 minutes in this Washington game. Uh, but I, I'm ready to go back to the well on P.J. He's a guy that I haven't gotten right recently. Uh, I'm always missing the 40-point game and catching a 19-point game. Uh, but earlier in the season, he was a guy I was, I was, you know, nailing almost every time I played him. I definitely think you go back to the well here. Brooklyn has really struggled inside. I mean, we saw what Christian Wood has done. We saw what Plumlee's done. Like, and these aren't big-time centers. Well, Wood kind of is. But, you know, anybody that's been there has been kind of loading up. Only thing that scares me is, Cody Zeller played 24 minutes, and I, 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 Coach Borrego's got to give me some form of a regular rotation here. But either way, I still think P.J. Washington is in play, just whether or not we might want to pair him up with some Cody Zeller as well. Yeah, good point. I was going to ask you about Zeller. You know, this is a guy who had a great start to the season and you know, dealt with some injuries. In the middle, we saw some Biombo run, things like that. We saw a lot of small ball Washington at the five who had some monster games here and there. And, a guy who I think is really going to put it together sooner or later and be a really nice foe. I mean, he already is, but uh, you know, my thing here is Brooklyn is historically good offensively and historically bad defensively. Malik Monk is fairly scoring dependent in terms of real points, but uh, he stepped up, you know, without, without LaMelo, he had uh, 19 real points and 32 DK points against Houston. Then he had uh, 40 fantasy points. 32 against Miami, 32 real points, shot the ball 17 times, didn't crack 30 minutes in either of those games. But uh, at 5K, you know, if you're looking for a little 2-1 stack or something to run back with Kyrie, I don't mind Monk. But Rozier, you know, people are going to see 8K for Rozier on DK. I don't know what he is on FanDuel. And you're thinking, all right, I'm not paying 8K for Terry Rozier. However, he plays pretty much 40 minutes a game if it's competitive, <laughs> which is unheard of, you know? And he uh, is a, over a point-per-minute guy, 25% usage. So on average, if he scores one fantasy point per minute and he plays 39 minutes if the game's close, which it could be, he's already at five times value. Now you put him in a plus-plus-plus matchup, maybe he gets a couple of steals, maybe he gets a couple three-point bonuses. Dare I say Rozier is 50-point upside tomorrow again against BK. And uh, I think that's a way, I, I think that's a good run back with Kyrie and, and larger field GPPs because people are going to see that sticker shock. And I'm sure some quote unquote better options will open up at cheaper price points. If I'm playing Kyrie, I like the idea of playing Rozier, maybe Monk, maybe both of them feeling froggy. Well, you know, this game, could it be close without Harden? I mean, I think Charlotte comes in as, as maybe, I don't know where the game is. I should probably look, but maybe the spread's got to be closed. Maybe Charlotte's a slight favorite at this point without Hart, without Harden. And you never know, man. If we had Lamelo, I definitely think 
we'd probably be, I don't know, minus three in this spot. I mean, I got to think minus three if we had LaMelo. Um, But this team down hard and just Kyrie, uh, we'll see if, you know, some of these new additions move the needle. But with Brooklyn being at home, maybe Brooklyn comes in at plus two. Back to back. That's that's kind of my thought. I mean, that's, I mean, maybe Brooklyn comes in at minus two. That's kind of my thoughts. And if that's the case, I'd be taking Charlotte plus two all day. Got to get some hard news. I'm sure we'll see some more before the night's over or, you know, during shoot around. Roto Grinders yeah, will give you updates, guys. Yeah. Check check out RG. But got anything else in that game? I'm going to bring up the Golden State-Miami game if you got anything else. Let's do else. it. Cool. Let's do it. Move on. Golden State-Miami. Let's see. Miami, one of the one of the handful of teams on a back-to-back. You know, Jimmy Butler. Listen, you got to love playing guys against Golden State. You know, not great defensively. Pace up spot typically. Up and down. Up and down. Uh, so... And Miami is a very slow kind of vanilla team. Typically, I, 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 I like the spot for Miami. Uh, we saw Kendrick Nunn didn't play on Wednesday. That's interesting because uh, there's a, got a lot of heat at price points that they have six to seven times upside. Uh, it's just a question of who's going to do it on a given night. You know, where's the ball? Where, who's going to do the damage? You know, Drogic at 5,100 against Golden State. You know, I like that, you know. But then you got Tyler Hero, 5,700. Very fair. Bam out of bio. Centers against Golden State is a thing. 8,300 on DK. And of course, Jimmy Butler, you know, 9K flat, was really balling out, especially when Bam uh, was on the shelf and they were missing some other guys here. But you got to love that tempo. Anytime you play Golden State, Miami is at home. And uh, so, what are your thoughts on this one on, on the Miami side of the ball? I guess we'll start with Chief. Well, first thing is Victor Oladipo is expected to play tomorrow. So, I mean, this, this, this wing rotation, whether none comes back or not, he's probably about out of the rotation. I mean, and those are just the facts. Like I don't, they didn't bring Oladipo there for him to not play 35 minutes. I don't think, I mean, or let's say 30 minutes a game. So you're probably going to be looking at some combination of, you know, Drogic, Oladipo, Butler, Bam, and Ariza. You know, some some combination like that. Uh, I mean, I, I think Victor Oladipo gives this team extreme versatility because he can actually play some point guard as well. So it's it's just, you know, if, if if something goes terribly wrong, I mean, I think they're just trying to not have a lot of drop off and get ready for the playoffs. Uh, you know, Butler can come out, Oladipo can stay on. They bring in Hero. But, you know, Oladipo can go out. They bring back in Butler. They bring back in Drogic. Like they, they've got some versatility with this roster now that they didn't really have. And, you know, we're not even talking about Duncan Robinson, who, you know, as a role player is going to hit, have a game where he hits five or six threes, seven threes. So I I think, you know, Oladipo coming back helps this team in a real life perspective. I think from a fantasy perspective, I might be out on the heat for a while. Like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to play anybody on the Miami heat side of the ball with Victor Oladipo in the mix. Yeah. uh, They, they, in my eyes were the clear winners at the deadline and, they really assembled the team. It used to be assembled. Let, let me ask you this, Luch, and, and I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. Do you have any uh, uh, paper towels at your house? I sure do. You need a roll. I can put it in the in, mail. Any napkins? 
napkins what do you need man i don't you know have any toilet commodity though man i might have to charge it for the team listen because that's what that's what orlando got victor oladipo for nothing (laughs) it's basically the point i'm trying to make here they just basically pulled out a piece of paper and said hey can we have oladipo yes no maybe houston checked the yes box and sent him out the door unreal i i could not believe how easily victor oladipo got to miami it was atrocious as a Sixers fan, I'm disappointed that uh, Maury didn't put a better deal. Anything. I don't know. We don't know what happens behind closed doors Correct. or in the network. Correct. But just from what we do know, it's, this, it's just crazy. I think it's funny because it used to be in the East, assemble a defensive team that can shut down LeBron. Now it's Giannis. Miami plays well against Giannis as it is. But now they pretty much have every wing defender over the past 10 years that teams would throw at LeBron in his prime. They have Ariza, Iguodala, Jimmy Butler, and now you're bringing Oladipo. If I'm anybody in the East, I do not want to see Miami. And, and of course, they have Bam in the middle. I don't want to see Miami. What did they lose at the deadline? Kelly Olynyk. No offense, Kelly. No offense. Come on. I mean, that that's a scary team, a team I might even I'd be interested in throwing some futures on for the hell of it and and let it ride. I, I don't want to run into Miami if I'm anybody in the East. You're right. But for DFS purposes, it's kind of maddening right now. Let, let it play out. See how many guys deep Spolster is going to go. Um, and uh, they have some great beat writers themselves, Ira Winderman and companies. So uh, you can get some information there. Thursday just might not be a, a good night to kind of figure out who to target from this team. But the, the price points look very, very, very attractive. If Oladipo doesn't play, then we can start looking at the Drogics and the Heroes. Yeah. Um, Butler might be in play regardless. I don't know what it what it's like on FanDuel for him. He's 9K flat, you know, depending on, you know, what it looks like and what news breaks. Um, He's 9K flat on, flat on FanDuel as well. Okay. But I just, man, <laughs> I, 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 wanna, I think I'm going to have to take a wait-and-see approach with Miami. I mean, heck, even Gabe Vince is playing minutes. Like, what, what are we doing? Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. That, that's probably my best advice as well. Um, and on the flip side, you know, I got Curry under 10K. Talk about a guy that's most likely going to be minimally owned, at least on DraftKings. I'm, I'm assuming both sites without looking. Just because of the matchup, you know, we just talked about all the length and defensive t- tenacity the Heat added. Uh, yeah. You're looking for a super, super, super contrarian play with arguably the highest upside on the slate, maybe outside of Westbrook. Yeah, you're talking Curry. You know, single entry, three max. Uh, I'm I'm probably gonna have minimal exposure to this game unless Oladipo is out. Yeah, for sure. Let's get let's get to the big one. You know, a lot of pending Pelicans news. They're taking on uh, Orlando's still in the league. All right, at least at least they're still on the schedule. They have like nobody left. They didn't send them down to the G League yet, Chief. But you know, there's gonna be a game tomorrow, and the Pelicans might be without some major firepower. Now, Zion was. Uh, the rumor had it he was going to miss extended time. Now he might not miss any time. I don't think they're going to be in a rush to bring him back against Orlando at home, uh, is my gut feeling. Uh, Lonzo is also questionable. So, you know, you look at – if both of those guys are out, then you have Ingram, you have Alexander Walker, and you have Eric Bledsoe, who all see about 3% usage bumps. We'll have to see what happens there. But those are the guys on my radar. Definitely want to see some more news. Ingram's fairly priced on DK, 7,800. You know, that's fair if the game somehow uh, stays close. Josh Hart, the ultimate GPP weapon, has a 25 rebound games randomly pop up every now and then. He's so frustrating, <laughs> man. 
Um, and just an additional note, it is so weird seeing Terrence Ross over 7K, but he, he's like the focal point of what the Magic have left, I suppose, Chief. So yes. I'm the captain now. <laughs> yeah. What are you thinking <laughs> here, man? Um, I, I Listen, um, unless Orlando has a ton of guys out, honestly, I, I'm – well, and, and now Chuma Okiki – is a 6K on FanDuel. So just in terms of FanDuel, I'm out on the Magic. Like, I'm not playing anyone from the Orlando Magic uh, until they, you know, really solidify it. And like I said, they're basically going to play all these guys under under 30 minutes. You get 18 minutes. You get 18 minutes. You get 20 minutes. You get 25 minutes. Oprah Winfrey's in their locker room handing out minutes. Uh, I, I'm not – I am not touching the Orlando Magic at all. Uh Full fade for me on this slate. Full fade. And I know Michael Carter-Williams had some form of an upside game in 31 minutes against the Clippers. Don't be fooled, people. Uh, I'm I'm not touching him. I just have this fictional grudge against Terrence Ross because when I played one of my first 2K games in 2013 or something, I had my my player mode and he was was the mentor. I got drafted to the Raptors and he was so mean to me. I hated Terrence oh, Ross, man. man. But talk about a frustrating guy to roster in DFS, Terrence <laughs> Ross. Super scoring dependent, seven K. But you know he he's had his game since the, since everybody else left town. Poor guy, man. Hopefully he finds a new home next season for his own sanity. And uh, yeah, yeah. And, and we're just going through these games, Chief. And we already mentioned three of the well, Philly and Cleveland, uh, Golden State, Miami, and now this game at least on the Orlando side, where there's even, we're guessing there's going to be kind of minimally owned guys on a lot of these teams. So seven games late, I feel like a lot of the ownership is going to be in maybe only half of these games, you know, in terms of where, where the chalk is, you know? The yeah, hardest- I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, I think the ownership's on Washington, Detroit, and Charlotte, Brooklyn. The good thing about the Washington game is they have to tell us Beal news in enough time because it it's the first game of the night, which by default, and I think this is something we've talked about, the earlier the game, the more the ownership, especially in spots like this with a guy like Westbrook. If Westbrook was playing at 10 o'clock, his ownership would probably be down 10%. You know, rather than 60 70%, maybe he's around 50, closer to 50 you know, something like that. And I know I kind of went 60, 70, which is more like a 10, 10 to 20% gap. But my point is, the, I think the ownership would be lower because more people, you'd have more people, especially in large field, taking a little bit more speculation. Maybe some of them would throw Beal into their lineups and then make some changes later. Um, but that's just kind of where I am with that, man. But I think Washington, Detroit, or uh, and uh, Charlotte, Brooklyn is going to carry a lot of ownership on this slate and for good reason, I think. Yeah, and to throw another wrench into this slate is we get Greg Popovich on the second leg of a back-to-back. And you know you can't trust him as far as you probably throw him and what he's going to do with his rotation. Uh, Never something that makes you smile when you hit that submit button and you have some spurs on the second leg of a back-to-back. Because, you know, as soon as you submit it, you might get that notification that maybe one of them are ruled out. And that's – Yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> perhaps. 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 And we know Lonnie Walker, he didn't play Wednesday. So, we, we you know, we know something might might be up there. We don't know. Uh, you know, DeJounte Murray sticks out in my mind, and I'm actually looking it up. Well, he actually plays his about season average of minutes on the second leg of a back-to-back, which just doesn't seem possible. Because I feel like Popovich messes with his minutes the most. I'm going to have to look more into that. Um, but yeah, another game where 
I'm scratching my head because you know, we know Atlanta is uh, is poor defensively, and um, you know the problem is with with Spurs is you know, Derek White's playing a ton of minutes now too, and he's six K on DK. Like who who has the upside when him DeRozan and Murray are all fairly priced and uh, it might just be a pass for me. You know, you throw in the second leg of a back to back there, um, you know, it, you know. Jacob Hurdle, uh, he's been balling lately. And Gor- Gorgie Zhang, I did see on my phone. Um, they, I think he made his debut and got hurt tonight, I think. So, uh, if oh, I go, gosh. yeah, I know. I, I'm always a big Zhang fan. Louisville, he balled out there. Yeah, had, he did. Had some moments you know, throughout the NBA. I, I really thought he'd stick more somewhere, you know. Um, but this is a tough game to, to really peg to. Well, <sighs> Let me hop in here on this one because I do think San Antonio, they have a chance to make the playoffs. So I think mm-hmm. they may, you know, continue to push, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, as, as, as much as we give Greg Popovich gripe for his rotations, because Aldridge is gone and because Trey Lyles is out, uh, he's not really playing much. Uh, Keita Bates' job is hurt. Like Lonnie Walker's out. As a result, we've seen Greg Popovich kind of have to commit to, some form of a true, you know, eight to 10 man rotation, which has kind of helped us. Like we know DeJounte Murray is going to get his 32 minutes. We know Derek Wright is going to get his 28 to 30 minutes. We know DeMar DeRozan is going to get his 34 minutes, right? Patty Mills is going to get his 22 to 25 minutes. Keldon Johnson is going to get his 28 to 32 minutes. So it's like, we kind of got some stability because of the injuries, which, which has really helped us. Like, you know, Jacopoto's priced up, but he's priced up because the guy's playing 30 minutes a game now. Like, th- this is what we've been dying for with the Spurs. I still think on any given night, DeMar DeRozan still has the upside with this team. Now, typically, he's the most expensive one. I think second on the list is, is probably uh, DeJounte Murray, just from a ball-in-the-hands upside perspective. Third on the list, though, I actually think it's Jakob Podol. I've seen this guy break a couple slates. You know, I've talked about him just the other night. I think he might have put up about 40. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to. Yeah, he did. He's put it up in back-to-back games yeah. on FanDuel, 41 and 40 fantasy points. I mean, I mean, what, what more can we ask for from a $6,400 guy on a slate like this? This is a spot where, you know, and I, I hate to talk about Pirtle, Jakob Pirtle, because, of course, now I'm talking about him. He's going to go out and put up 25 fantasy points. But the point I'm trying to make is these are the little nuances you, you, you may have to do on a slate like this where we know the ownership is going to be watching Detroit, Charlotte, Brooklyn. You come over to this game and, you know, lo and behold, you may have a few pieces you can sprinkle in and, uh, and, and get some good return out of when uh, Time Lord got ruled out last night, I was about to swap to Jakob. And the fact that Zhang was debuting, I wasn't sure what his role was going to be. Just threw me off him a little bit. But, uh, you know, Jakob is a guy who can get, you know, three to four stocks on a given night. I mean, he's no Fred Van Fleet in his four stocks last night. By the way, <laughs> Fred Van Fleet at 7,000% ownership. You know, you know, I was mad when I had to, I had to go back and look at um, his career game log history. He played 273 career games. That was his third game with four blocks in it. So when the chalk hits, the chalk hits, man. It so, hits. Woo! It hits. You know, you, you made a lot of good points there. You know, DeRozan is uh, is my favorite player on that side of the ball as well. On the flip side, if, you, if you're not playing Westbrook, if you're not going with that early game, John Collins is out. 
you, you can play Trey Young and his 38% ownership, 38% usage, excuse me, when John Collins is not on the floor. The guy averages 1.49 DK points per minute. He's 9,400 on DK. So uh, I'm, I'm liking the idea of Trey Young. You know, Lou, Lou Williams hasn't debuted yet, even if he does. I can't see Lou jumping right in and playing, you know, 15, I don't know. I'm guessing 15 minutes or something like that. Um, so Trey Young, in, in, interesting to me, a nice pivot off potentially Westbrook and potentially Kyrie on this slate, you know, uh, especially a FanDuel chief. You only got two point guards last to pick from, and if the right news breaks, Westbrook and Kyrie are both going to be extremely popular. So what do you think about Trey Young pivot on, on Thursday slate? Man, I don't think I can do it. Uh, Trey – I, I like Trey, but, you know, if you're going to give me Russell Westbrook with no Beal against Detroit okay. in in a game that might actually be tight because Beal's out, I, I think I'm going to side with Westbrook every time. I know Kyrie's going to be chucking, but Kyrie's not in any, any form of a triple threat of a, a triple-double machine at all. That, 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 that honor belongs to Russell Westbrook, sometimes Luka, sometimes Giannis, uh, so, and sometimes Harden, but – those are kind of your four guys, LeBron, when he's completely healthy in the playoffs. Like that, that's kind of my tier of how I rank these guys. And, uh, you know, Kyrie's just going to be just a tad bit below. The thing that t- Kyrie has working in his favor is he can score 50 real points tomorrow. Like that's that, I mean, it's just, those are facts. Like that's, he, he may in fact shoot 30 shots in this game. That that's definitely possible. And, uh, I think I think that's what's going to put him squarely in play. I mean, you, you kind of look at the overall slate. I mean, you you may even want to try to get him and him and Kyrie. The problem is you're going to have Terry Rozier in that game as well. That's going to be right there. So you know, we may not be able to play them both. I said all that to say, I think before I played Trey Young, I played Westbrook or Kyrie, and before I would play Trey Young, I played Terry Rozier, which makes him an extremely good tournament play. But I still think he's kind of in that no man's land because the upside, I don't think the upside is quite there in this um, in this offense under Nate McMillan. I just don't see it. He's been distributing really well, too. Nine and a half assists per game this year, which is uh, good to see from Trent. All right, let me put you on the spot because I guess that's what I do as the host. Brad Beal plays. So how do you, how do you rank Kyrie? I'm talking about FanDuel, I guess, because it's point guard only. How do you rank Kyrie, Westbrook, uh, Trey Young, or anybody else at point guard, you know, stud-wise? Does that change anything for you? And, and, and look, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Brad Beal plays, I'm still siding with Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, Kyrie's 10K now. It's not 9K. He's 10K. We need Kyrie to hit 60. Like, we need him to hit 60 if he's going to be 10K, in my opinion. In my opinion, you know, 55, he can get there too. But I'm saying you're paying 10K, you kind of want 60. And, you know, he can get there. But I still think Russell Westbrook has a lot more avenues to pick up 60-plus fantasy points versus Kyrie any day of the week, even with no heart. One, one, one day Westbrook will give you 30 real points. The next day he'll drop 25 dimes on a, on a night he can't score the ball. You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's great to see him back. UCLA in the final four, maybe, maybe he's picking up a little, uh, some vibes from the Bruins, which crazy tournament chief, by the way, but that, yeah. that's cool to see. Can, um, can, can I mention something here? Yeah, absolutely. I do want to, and this is about Atlanta because we were on that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know John Collins isn't going to play Clint Capella. Like 
man, like if 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 I haven't played a lot of Capella recently on this slate, Clint Capella's big time. Atlanta now, I, and, and I'm hopping back to Atlanta because we talked about Trey. I don't really want to play Trey that much, but Gallinari, Bogdanovich, these are guys I want to get in on because with no John Collins, this is your value team. These guys are going to have bodies galore that you can funnel in around some of these other games. I don't think they're going to be low on though, and that's kind of where I'm at. But, I mean, Bogdanovich on FanDuel at uh, 4,200 is just oh. out of this world. Gallinari is probably going to start at the four tomorrow, maybe. Uh, he's he's uh, 5,200. If we get a Gallo and Bogdanovich start, uh, look out. One of these guys could go nuts here. I was just going to say, I'm a, I was guessing that FanDuel was – typically asleep at the wheel with this algorithm because uh, Bogdanovich is 5,400 on DK still in play, but at 4,400, yeah. he could be a smash button. Uh, yeah. You know, without John Collins, Gallinari plays some stretch four. Sure. Sure. We know the Spurs like to run uh, fairly small whenever they can in general. So yeah. and I've think... seen Gallinari put up 50 fantasy points this oh, yeah. season. It's not out of the cards. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I like those calls. I like those price points. I like that Bogdanovich price tag probably be pretty popular but rightfully so you know uh 44 and Fandle. yeah that's squarely in play is Bogdanovich finally saw what, 34 minutes he put 37 minutes he played against Phoenix so the trading yeah. wheels came off he was on the court and keep an eye DeAndre Hunter's questionable so DeAndre Hunter's out now we're talking now we're Bogdanovich talking. and, and uh, if he's out Bogdanovich and Gallinari they're gonna both play 30 plus minutes in this spot yeah, especially with Rajon Rondo already out of town. It doesn't seem like they're trying to play Lou Williams. So, you know, Lou's just, he keeps going to the, you know, the Magic City Club, getting the, you know, lemon pepper, <laughs> uh, barbecue chicken wings, and a few other wings, I'm sure. Uh, he's the, anyway, uh, <laughs> Love I, it. I, I don't see where Lou Williams is, is coming into this equation currently. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but. Yeah, man, Atlanta's going to give us some good value in this slate. Last but not least, entertaining nightcap. TNT, got to love the TNT doubleheaders. Nothing like that crew. You know, Chuck Kenny, Shaq and company. You got Kevin Harlan and Marv calling the games. Really, you know, nice when you have a nice lineup going. You got the TNT calling the game. And you get Denver and LAC. We know Paul George is out. So, kind of, it's not like we're not done yet. We did a lot of analysis, a lot of moving parts here. Now you get the Clippers and without Paul George. We know he's not going to play. And, and we have this Denver team who uh, looked pretty good with Aaron Gordon inserted right in that lineup. And, and my initial thoughts were when they made that trade, I just thought of how Jokic was able to distribute uh, when Michael Porter Jr. cuts to the rim, you know, matchup nightmare. Aaron Gordon's kind of the same thing, which is like, wow, now you have two weapons, two guys that are big, skilled, and can slash. And you have Arguably the most gifted passer we've ever seen at the center position. Arguably. Yeah. We got a game 10 o'clock on Thursday. So wh- where's Kawhi's ownership going to fall? I mean, if you're game log hunting, you're seeing it's been a while since he had 50, right? Then you, know, you want you know, yeah. to play someone. Well, and the thing is, in real life, Kawhi's still crushing, though. 28, crushing. 5 and 5, yeah. 23, 9 and 8, 28, 4 and 4. Like, in real life, <laughs> Kawhi's a monster. Monster. In fantasy, though, no 60-point upside, really. And and that's why Kawhi stays in the mid-9K range. You have to take your shots in, you know, in the right spots. Uh, this could be the right spot. One of the things I will say about 
the Clippers right now is because of their injury situations, they've had a more condensed rotation. So we can, we've been able to play some Ivaka Zubak, right? Uh, and he's 5,600 tomorrow. We've been able to get him in our lineup to play 35 minutes against Orlando, like and 24 against Milwaukee, 21 against Philly, 29, 32, like some of these lower minute games, some of them may have been blowouts, but the, the point I'm trying to make is he's, he's kind of a stable player. Uh, you know, you're looking at a guy like Marcus Morris. If he plays, he's going to play 30 to 32 minutes, you know, or 30 to 35 minutes, rather. You're looking at Nicholas Batum, who, you know, it's like squeezing blood out of a turnip, but you know he's going to get <laughs> some minutes, uh, you know, when, when he gets on the floor. Oh. I mean, heck, with, with, with Paul George out and, and, and Patrick Beverly, we've even seen Luke Kennard get 30-plus minutes in back-to-back games uh, and he'll put up 25 plus fantasy points. I don't know why he hasn't been playing more. Terrence Mann's getting 30 minutes a game. Yeah. The Clippers have value as well. Uh, and so, you know, the Clippers, I think, may end up being some pivotal value away from maybe some of the Atlanta guys. Uh, I mean, Reggie Jackson's getting minutes. So I I think these guys are, are, are going to be a play against Denver with limited bodies again with a little bit more usage to go around. Kawhi can't do it all. And last but not least, I said this last night, I think on last night's pod or another pod, and I was just doing it to be funny. But in fact, this may, if if this ends up happening, I'm going to laugh my way uh, to the bank here. But, you know, don't look now, but JaVale McGee's on the Denver Nuggets squad, and he he might be like the lucky rabbit foot. Uh, This team may, in fact, be on their way to a championship. You know, look at Golden State. Look at Cleveland. Uh, uh, I say Cleveland, no, Golden State, look at the Lakers, excuse me, I was thinking about uh, LeBron, but it seems like right now, wherever uh, JaVale McGee goes, they win a championship. Uh, Denver may, in fact, have found the combination that they need, and he might not even actually take the floor for the finals. Uh, stupid Miami, you make all these great deals, but you don't get JaVale McGee. Uh, what are they thinking, right? <laughs> right. He's the, he's the X Factor. Right. Seriously. Man, squeezing blood out of a turnip might be the best thing I heard all week. I never heard that one before. <laughs> that might be my new go-to. I love it, man. But you're right. I'm looking at LAC. You know, we know uh, the Clippers side of the ball. Abaka's out. Marcus Moore's questionable. Beverly out. Rondo out. And here's a situation where if this is the first game of the night, people are going to flock flock to this game to look for some some pieces. And Kawhi would, like you said, Kawhi would probably carry another 10% ownership just because people will go back to the well. And rightfully so. I mean, Kawhi, Kawhi can go for 50 tomorrow and be fine. It just depends what kind of what kind of news we get uh, and things like that. But I, I'm looking at DK, who has the more aggressive pricing algorithm, as typically, as we know. And uh, Luke Kennard, 4,200, I still think will be pretty popular. You know, played 32-plus minutes each of the last two games. You know, 31 DK points. He shot the ball really well that game, though, against Milwaukee. Um, but he shot the ball 16 times against Orlando. You know, six, six times plus value. You know, I'm taking that 12 times out of 10. You know, 4,200, give me 26 DK points. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. You know, decent matchup against Denver. So, um, you're right. You know, a lot a lot of guys get a lot of minutes that we probably didn't think would be at this point of the year. But I do think Kennard is probably my my favorite value piece over there. And on the flip side, I mean, well, we're, I don't know what FanDuel's deal is with the with the center, with the structure at center and the pricing. Um Obviously, Jokic had, had two games in a row where great real-life games, but for fantasy purposes, you know, didn't light the world on fire like he, he has done so often. And uh, 
Jokic, the MVP candidate now, you know, with the injuries and stuff like that, this guy still has maybe one of the highest uh, upsides on this slate. So I think you could get some leverage and on DK, at least, if you play Jokic uh, in that late uh, hammer game. Yeah, I think you can get some leverage on FanDuel as well. I mean, we know the guy's got 60, 70 point upside. Now, maybe maybe Aaron Gordon is clouding that up a little bit. But here's what I will say. In the Atlanta game, he was on his way to 60 plus. They blew Atlanta out. He didn't even play the fourth quarter. Like, played 28 minutes, pretty much put up 50 fantasy points. Uh, 16, 10, 8, two blocks and a steal. Uh, he was well on his way to a 60 burger, 60 plus burger. And I mean, it was the right thing to do. They're up by so much. No need to play your stars in the fourth if you're gonna if you're already gonna win the game. So I think you know. And then in the Philly game, you know, a little bit tighter game. You know, I think playing playing the Clippers here if they don't you know handle them early, which I don't suspect they will. Um, you know, this could be a game where you see the full complement of minutes, and and in fact should be able to handle Ivaka Zubat uh, no matter where he is on the floor. Some coach speak from this uh, James Harden news. I wanted to look it up before I forgot. Um, Steve Nash says, we feel optimistic. It's not a long-term thing. We'll monitor it in the same breath. uh, He said via some beat writers that they'll determine his status uh, for the back-to-back tomorrow. So uh, I'm, I'm going to sleep tonight guessing that he will not play tomorrow. Why? No, right. No, that's my thought. Kevin Durant is still a, a week away. And we see how long he's been out. Uh, these teams don't want to play around with these stars. Uh, I, I think James Harden is definitely on the shelf. Here's something big for you. DeAndre Jordan, uh, Brian Lewis, beat writer. Good stuff here. For the eighth straight game, DeAndre Jordan sat the entire fourth quarter. Steve Nash said Nick Claxton might be the Nets' best defender. Another guy is really coming on, young guy. And I'd like to see what he would do with maybe 30 minutes tonight because he, he's another guy who's really – uh, a nice point per minute type of player. And wow, yeah. one of these games, the training wheels are going to come off and he's going to explode. Who knows when it's yeah. going to be, but. Yeah, let's keep that in our back pockets. Listeners, you heard it here first. Well, on, on a podcast, obviously we got it from a beat writer, but you know what we're saying. Yeah. Credit to Brian Lewis, but we also agree with him. We like it. We like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any collective thoughts, man? We got about a couple minutes left here before we. Talk about our GPP food of the day, which we're going to bring back. But yes, any, anything else about this slate as a whole? Anything you want to bring up before we kind of end the basketball talk? I think as of right now, you know, on this slate, we've got a fair amount of options for a pretty small slate. So I think, you know, don't be afraid to take some chances. Like, you know, go, go with the guys you like. Make a few pivots and voila, you know, you may be, you're in a position to take down the GPP at the end of the night. I think uh, just talking about that Brooklyn game, uh, I like Joe Harris. He's seen a ton of minutes as it is, you know, fairly priced, 5,500. I think he might be uh, at that price. Of, you know, if a lot of injury news is likely going to open up some value guys tomorrow. And I think Harris might be borderline contrarian, especially if that Atlanta, that Atlanta news is, is big. You know, if we know DeAndre Hunter is definitely not going to play, I, you know, I expect Bogdanovich to carry ownership on FanDuel regardless. At 5,400, DeAndre Hunter gets ruled out early. At 5,400, you know, Bogey is probably going to need that to garner even some more ownership. So that, that Atlanta game is sneaky, sneaky, Chief. Real sneaky. Yeah, I mean, I like the game, man. Like I said, I, I, I think it's a good spot. So I'm with you 100%. 
Good deal, man. Well, GPP food of the day. The people loved it. We kept it up. We continued it through the bubble. We talked about a lot of delicious food. I made some friends. I had people DMing me on Twitter telling me about spots. Uh, I'm from Pennsylvania, if there's any new listeners. So I had people telling me about Jersey spots, et cetera. Of course, during the pandemic, I didn't have a, a ton of time to go check these out. But right. I'm looking forward to it in the future. So I guess I'll put you on the spot. Have you thought of anything? What's our GPP food or, you know, restaurant? or? Listen, let, let's kick it off. GPP food of the day, dessert style. Found a new spot, Crumble Cookie. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not gone to Crumble Cookie, find one in a metropolitan area near you, in a suburban area near you, in a rural area near you. Check Crumble Cookie out. They have two staples, uh, chocolate chip and sugar. They've got uh, a Lucky Charms cookie. They, they switch it up every week. So they keep the staples, but they switch it up every week. This week in my area, they have an iced oatmeal. No, I did not say iced oatmeal raisin. Iced oatmeal, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, one of the best cookies I've ever had in my life. I should not be eating a lot of crumble cookie, but I will, in fact, be treating myself to another iced oatmeal uh, for opening day of MLB. Kicking it off dessert style, Luch. Crumble cookie, ladies and gentlemen. Crumble cookie. I, I'm going to keep notes. I'm going to keep track of all of our... And, that, and that's our crumble, C-R-U-M-B-L. Crumble cookie. I like it. I like it. You know, I, I'm i with you, man. I, I gained some LBs in the pandemic, and I shouldn't be pounding some desserts, but <laughs> cookies are like my Achilles heel, too. They're the slate breaker for me, man. Uh, so... I have a lot of family in New York. I'm originally from New York. I was born in Long Island. I spent a little time in Brooklyn. If you're from the, the you know, tri-state, New York, New Jersey, PA area, maybe you know, maybe you don't. But simply put, there's a thing called black and white cookies. Just this cookie you get at a bakery or a deli with half vanilla frosting and half chocolate frosting. It sounds so simple, but you go to a, a good deli or bakery or bagel spot, anywhere in New York and Long Island especially – Black and white cookie. Give it a Google. It sounds so simple, but sometimes the best things in life are simple. If you're ever in Long Island, in New York, get yourself a black and white cookie. And if you've had one and you know what I'm talking about, tweet at us. Let us know. Give us some GPP food of the day ideas. Let us know what you want to hear on our Morning Grab podcast. Hey, we'll take questions, whatever you got. You want to talk a little bit of strategy when we have time, we will do that too. But like you said, Chief, we won't hold anybody up anymore because MLB opening day. There's also a PGA tournament. Masters is in a week. It's an exciting couple of days here at Roto Grinders. So, uh, what do you got on tap for your um, for your uh, like coverage, and what do you got going on this weekend? And of course, where can the people find you on Twitter? They can find me on Twitter at Chief Justice O Six. Uh, opening day, man. I'm just going to be home eating some wings, eating some pizza, watching the game, and then I got an NBA show later on that day. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, going to see if I can build some winners, man. And that, that's that's what I'm going to be doing uh, for opening day. Sounds like a plan. I'm going to be multitasking, doing some real life work, but I got my monitor going. There's MLB all day. You know I'm multitasking. You can find me on Twitter at the J Carlucci. Feel free to reach out anytime. I'll be on the morning grind a couple of days a week. And big shout out to Stevie, uh, who's going to be over there doing the MLB morning grind. And, you know, what's better than one morning grind a day? is two. My man, Will Priester, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. 
Take care, folks. All right. So for Will Priester, I'm Justin Carlucci. Have a good morning and good luck.